here. I'm, I'm Sam Boland. I'm here with uh, Wyatt Lee and Ethan Conway. We are talking about the Final Four, uh, March Madness. Um, gave both of these guys a couple of teams to look at. Uh, they're going to be talking about Loyola and Michigan and that matchup, which happens this Saturday, right? This coming Saturday night. And uh, whichever you wants to kick that off, go for it. Okay, so I was given Michigan. And obviously I know everybody out there wants Loyola to win because, like, they're the underdog and stuff. But looking at the numbers, I think it's just it's just easy to see that Michigan is the better team. And I like the fact that it's the matchup of Loyola, who, except for their last game, had to hit miracle shots just to even get to where they are. And then Michigan, who hit one. But, yeah, so. Now, I, I this is why I understand that uh, Loyola may be, like, the underdog, but I feel like there's few people who actually realize how well they're actually playing. Their ball movement and even their defense is some of the best that we've seen in the tournament. And while, yes, they've had to hit some buzzer beaters, they played very consistent in the tournament where some teams may have been knocked out. And I'd really like to point out their flexibility with their players, where where you may want to isolate like certain star players on a certain basketball team. They are really flexible in that area because they can really, if some person's going off, they can really let that person shine, and that can happen. Uh, that can vary in different games. So I think that that'll definitely help them against Michigan. And while Michigan, they've been playing exceedingly well, and it'll be a tough test, I think they're, it, they could surprise some people. So going towards Michigan, um, I just like looked at some stats on them, and you said that Loyola plays defense, but look, look in the, look, I can't confirm Loyola does play defense. I'm, I'm just here looking at the stats, and on the season, Michigan has the eighth best defense in the nation, so I would like to say that maybe Michigan plays a little bit more defense than Loyola does. Anybody know offhand what Loyola's uh, defensive overall ranking is? No, but... I'm, I'm going to take... Probably not. Probably not eighth. Yeah, probably not eighth. Right. And, like, yeah, so their defense is really good, and Michigan does lack an offense being ranked 165th, which there's roughly 300 D1 schools, so they're, like, the 50th percentile, somewhere in there. Um, and I, but I also want to talk about how Michigan just has experience playing big games. And Loyola, a very good team, but they play in a conference full of te- schools that just aren't that good. I'm going to look at the RPI ranking, which is just like a way that to rank sports teams based off like their strength of schedule and their win losses against teams that also have strength of schedules that are good like that and stuff like that. So um, RPI for Michigan, uh, so they've played on the season, they on the season they have played uh, 19 games against RPI 100 teams. And Loyola has only played uh, 11. I'll give it to you that Loyola's record is better because their, their, their record is they're ten and one against RPI one hundred teams, but they've only played one RPI, one through tw- like one through twenty. They've only played one, and it was Tennessee, which personally I believe is not that good. And I was Tennessee. Uh, going back to that, it was a tournament that happened in November um, in Atlantis. They lost to Purdue, and I they weren't ranked at the time, and they, I didn't think that they looked. Or no, they beat Purdue, but I don't think that they looked. They looked at all as good towards the end of the season as they did in the beginning. And then I just want to go to Michigan in their top one through twenty games. They had to play; they're four and four in those. But that involves them playing Purdue, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Three teams all were tournament teams, and all could have. They all made a splash in the tournament. 
Yeah, I can understand that. And based on numbers, it seems like Michigan's definitely played some some tougher games. And Loyola doesn't have that kind of tough schedule that the ben, the Big Ten offers. But uh, looking into the coach Porter Mosley, he um, he made it his his goal to recruit a lot of players who have this sort of winning mentality, as he put it. And he feels that that sort of mentality has helped them throughout the season. He started telling his players, like, why not us? Because he thinks a lot of people have already counted them out, and they've just been going into every game not as an underdog in their minds, but as a competitor. And I think that's really helped them not to get intimidated by some of these teams that may be viewed as better than them. So That's a, that's a really interesting point because... If you're Michigan, you're coming off a Big Ten tournament win, and just I don't remember how many games straight that they've won. Uh, I, I almost feel, I almost feel like if you're Michigan, you're playing not to lose in this position. In Loyola, it, it's been years since they made a Final Four appearance. Years since they were in, even in the tournament to begin with. I think that was what like '83, yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, and so I, I feel like these guys don't are just playing with nothing to lose and. That's something that is definitely going to favor them going into this Michigan game, even though Michigan's a better team. I just feel I feel like something like that, like a wild card like that, and I don't, I just I don't know who you prepare against because I'm, I'm I have stats against me uh, or stats up here that I'm looking at. Um, just Loyola points per game is as simple as that. And looking at their roster, and there's nobody that stands out. They have five players, six players in double digits in points per game. And I know Dante Ingram hit a couple big shots, or I think I think he hit both of those. But further than that, it's like I don't. If you're Michigan, I don't know exactly how you prepare for a game like this. I don't know. I mean, I'll agree with that. But what? Here's the thing: they, you bring up the stats about how all their points per game are roughly the same. And I just, when it comes to, they've won their close games. But when it comes down to a close game and like a big, like in a big, like in the Final Four. Yeah. And if they're struggling at the end, they most teams have like a star player they can go to. Loyola doesn't have that. And also, I want to talk like about you saying that they're underdogs. Um, I think they were just super underseeded because Loyola's RPI rank is twenty second, which yeah. if you just divide that yeah. by four would put them at a five seed. No, a six seed would be a six seed. So I mean, which even a six seed getting this far is like crazy. But like, I just think crazy at eleven. Yeah, I just don't think that. I think they're way better than an 11 seed, and they just got put there for being in the Missouri Valley Conference, which I don't necessarily agree with. And I think the selection committee didn't do their best job this year with the teams they picked. Like, I know Syracuse made a far, and Syracuse shouldn't have been in the tournament. Yeah. And I don't think Oklahoma should have been in the tournament. And you left teams out like Notre Dame and Oklahoma State, who definitely deserve to be in the tournament more than Oklahoma and Syracuse did. I, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, after, I believe it was Wichita State recently, uh, just moved out of the Missouri Valley Conference, it kind of made their their way through it a lot easier. But I, I guess I just have to agree with you. They are better than an, than an 11 seed, and I think that that will probably show in this game. I mean, in the end of it, I think it's going to be a really good game. Personally, I'm going to go with Michigan just because they have the experience in these big games. And, like, they won a Big Ten tournament, which I know is – I know that uh, Loyola also won their tournament, but the Big Ten tournament is definitely harder to go through, yeah. especially them. Oh, yeah. They were the four seed in that tournament, so they've already gone through a tournament being uh, in the underdog, even though they aren't in this game. But like, I'm just saying, like sure, they've, sure. they've had to fight their way through, beating teams like Purdue. And, yeah, it's not like this yeah. is a one seed that's just walked through a tournament and now they're playing their first real game of the year. 
But I'd also like to say that uh, both of these teams, personally, I think have had easy roads to the Final Four. So we'll see what they're really made of here. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I'm going to have to just go with Loyola just because I feel like I can I can, I can, can ride with that. But, um, yeah, it'll be a really fun game to watch. Um, I, do, I do think that Michigan's going to end up pulling this one out just because of how good their defense is. And I think they have the ability to just shut down the Loyola lineup. And something interesting you pointed out is, yeah, when it gets close, who's, who's your go-to guy on Loyola? And is that guy going to step up? And, I mean, that's something that they've, they've done before, but, you know, you have, you have to see if they're going to do it again. And an interesting point, um, Loyola is the 11th best – yeah, they have the 11th best three-point percentage in the country. And what this game, I think, will come down to if, – if Loyola has any chance of winning this game, it'll be on three-point shooting. And if they can't hit their threes, then that's going to be it. Um, so – I like that. We're going to listen to a little bit more music, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the other side of the bracket. This is, uh, this is, uh, this is a radio sports talk show yet to be named. <laughs> we talked about Loyola and Michigan, and we're going to get to talking about Kansas and Villanova, but first I'm going to introduce a new segment on the show. Um, it's, it's based on that thing that happens in school where you get a good grade on a spelling test or you draw a nice picture, and then your mom is like... Oh, great job, sweetie, and she takes the magnet and she hangs it up on the fridge or wherever you have magnetic things in your house for everyone to see. Um, and so we're, we're calling it our, I don't know, our, our fridge fridge raising, our, our fridge worthy, refrigerate, you know, for fridge, fridge worthy maybe might be what we go with, fridge worthy movie, damn it, moment of the week. Um, Wyatt? All right, well, here's my fridge-worthy moment of the week. Today, I woke up, and I was going to head to my 8.30 class, and I found out it was canceled. Since I have no other classes for the day, I was like, wow, maybe I should go back and sleep. But instead, I went, and I checked out a play that I needed to read, and I did a whole creative project on it. The play is called Cyrano de Bergerac. Great play. Highly recommend it. And now it's all done. I think my mom would definitely think that's fridge-worthy. Wyatt, uh, Wyatt loves playing with his friends. He's going to be in a play um, coming up here sometime early April. You know the date of that yet? Uh, uh, 6th and 7th of April. 7th of the, the IU Auditorium? No. Uh, in a, no. Assembly Hall. No. Memorial Stadium? <laughs> Close. <laughs> no. It's a uh, small studio theater. Small studio theater. Get your tickets now. <laughs> we can't tell you to get your tickets now because that would be illegal uh, for the radio. Uh, Plagola, I think, but he's gonna be in a play, and it's gonna be then. Don't, don't, uh, don't I've, get I've, tickets. I've heard good things about it. Is all I can say. Um, my <laughs> fridge-worthy moment. Uh, it wasn't. It did not happen in one day. It's been a long. It's been a long string. Almost two weeks. I've managed to not lose a FIFA game since I had a very disappointing loss to uh, one Luke Seabrink. <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, it just really, it really got to me. I had to go home practice a little bit. You know, ever since me, me and the boys on the floor have been playing FIFA, and I've been messing around, not losing any. Yeah, and it's <laughs> going back to the final four, kind of like Loyola, except for the fact that I'm never gonna lose, and Loyola will lose. So, uh, like the story. <laughs> Fridge-worthy uh, moments of the week for me. One of them I am gonna talk about a little bit about sports. Um, I'm a Chicago Blackhawks fan, and the Chicago Blackhawks are terrible this year. Um, 
largely because they don't have a goalie. Uh, Corey Crawford's been hurt since before Christmas, and they've just been absolutely awful. But um, bright spot is they are doing things that are actually gearing them towards the future. And um, this will be true as of this Saturday. They will have had 10 players made their NHL debuts this year, which is kind of ridiculous um, to think about as a team that's, you know, more or less been a dynasty. I mean, three cups in six years is kind of an impressive thing. And then you, they won like 50-some games last year, knocked down the first round. This year they're not going to make the playoffs, and they're getting a lot of young guys, a lot of minutes. And it's encouraging as a fan. And uh, personal fridge-raising moment, fridge-worthy moment of the week. Uh, today, or over the past 24 hours, I've driven for 10 of them, and I've managed to not fall asleep at the wheel and die. And any, any day you can avoid death is a good day. Thank goodness for me. I'll put that on the fridge. <laughs> hey, but you did it for Run the Jewels, you know. Uh, that's true. That's good. Run the Jewels. I can't tell you to see them either. Um, <laughs> so, I'm talking about Villanova and Kansas here. And per, uh, personally, I'm just going to come out and say I want Kansas to win. But I think that this game can go either way. And I'm going to tell you why. Um, star, Villanova, Jalen Brunson, he is a junior. He's absolutely a leader on that team. Um, to me, watching that play, he kind of is the program. The dude's just, I mean, he's cold-blooded. He hits big shots. Um, he averages 19.3 points a game. He shoots 53.5 from the field, and that's honestly probably like 30% better than my free throw percentage. Um <laughs> Um, so he's, he's definitely going to be a factor, and likewise, their coach, Jay Wright, um, he's been here since 2001. This is their second Final Four appearance in three years. It's the third of the decade. Um, I, I, when you think about college basketball, at least when I do, uh, big teams that come to mind, Duke, Kansas, UNC are kind of like, if I had to pick like three that I think are consistent, like Steeples, Staples, whatever the word is, of the tournament. I feel like that's who comes to mind. But Villanova, in recent years, I think is making a case to be one of those kind of teams, and I think Jay Wright has a lot to do with that. Um, something that worries me, though, about this team, because they have been absolutely dominant this year and through the tournament, and in a similar way that Virginia just kind of steamrolled over everybody until they didn't and lost to UMBC in the first round, um, and that was not close. Um, they've won by, I think, a margin of like 18 point something. I don't remember the number in the tournament per game, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, and so I saw that and I went to do a little bit of research. And they have only played seven games that have ended in a two-possession game this year, which is ridiculous uh, given their record and, you know, their one seed in the tournament. Um, they've just been dominant. Um Personally, I think they might be the best team in the nation. I mean, that's regardless of what happens in the tournament. I know Virginia was kind of like a a lot of people said, like, this is the team uh, coming in here. But I, I feel like Villanova kind of beats that out. Um, they just, I don't know. They've kind of run through everything I've seen between uh, that the tournament that happened in Atlantis and their conference tournament. I feel like they've just dominated everybody. They won by 26, 23, 12, and 12. 
those margins in that uh, Atlantis tournament back in November. So this isn't like a they got hot and now they're dominating people. They've been this good since November and they're still this good in March. But what worries me is that what happens when it's a close game? Because they've played seven times where it's been a two point or not excuse me, a two possession game and they're three and four in those games. And you look at the other end of the like this uh, equation and you have Kansas who's played I think what is it, two, four, six, eight, uh, sixteen times. They've had games that have been that have ended in two possession games, and they are fifteen and one in those games, which is ridiculous. When it, so, you have a team that's experienced when it's close, and are used to playing with their backs against the wall a little bit. I mean, they played Duke, and I, I feel like Duke was almost favored in that game. At least me watching it, I feel like Duke like was supposed to win, and Kansas was kind of the underdog, even though they were the one seed. Duke was the two. I just I feel like Kansas has been in a position where like their backs are against the wall and they need to pull something out and I mean they have 16 times and they've done it 15 of them and what worries me for Villanova because I think Villanova would have no problem running through Kansas and no problem running through Michigan or Loyola whoever they would end up playing what worries me is if they play a game where it's close I don't know that they're going to have what it takes to pull it out and Kansas does um Something I want to bring up is Devontae Graham. And this kid's story is ridiculous. And I don't know if either of you guys knew this. I was talking a little bit about or talking about it a little bit to Ethan earlier. But um he's he's a dude, he's number four, he always hits the corner three and you know, has been real clutch for Kansas this year. But he his going into his senior year, he signed a like agreement or he signed like his intention to go to Appalachian State, who I have never heard of in my life. And he he was not like a big person. Yeah, what's up? Can toss a fun fact. Um, and like around 2007, Appalachian State beat Michigan in a football game to start off the season. <laughs> Appalachian State, great football program dating back to 2007. Um, <laughs> but he, Graham, I, I had to do some research. He, because I saw that he had signed with Appalachian, I was like, why? Um, wasn't really a notable person playing AAU or in high school at all. He was short. He kind of just came off the bench and wasn't one of those big guys. Um, he played with Ty Outlaw, Anton Gill, and Isaiah Hicks in AAU, and I mean, all those guys went to ACC programs, and he's here signing with Appalachian State, and so he does that, and then he goes on to just become a completely different player his senior year of high school. He leads his uh, team to the, the state championship um, in North Carolina, and then goes and Long story short, that his agreement to go to Appalachian gets cut up, and he ends up going to Kansas and played behind Frank Mason and uh, whatever his name is, something Jackson, uh, last year. Josh Jackson. Yeah, Josh Jackson. Yeah. And he's just completely grown as a player. And his story, I think, you look at stories in this tournament, UMBC, 16 seed being one seed. Okay, that's, that's insane. Um, and then you look at Loyola's run to the Final Four. I think that up there with that is the journey that Devontae Graham has gone on. And it's not that he's just, you know, he's made it to the team and now, oh, it's his senior year and he's, you know, he's on the team. No, he's a leader. A guy averaged 17 points a game, seven assists. He has big shots. Um, it's been, he, he, I think that dude's just clutch. Um, he helped Kansas win their conference title game against Texas Tech. He hit two uh, big shots in the last 90 seconds of that, seconds of that game. And he helped them, uh, yeah, Sexton's. Um, <laughs> and he helped him win the Big 12 against West Virginia. They He led him on a 17-3 run, which is, I mean, that's ridiculous in the second half, 17-3 run. And 
he had two clutch shots at the end there to put him over and help him with that game. And I think that it's going to come down to, I mean, if, if, if Kansas wants to win, it's going to be balls in uh, Devontae Graham's hands, and he's going to be hitting a big shot over Villanova. And that's that's the prediction I got for this matchup. Can I just say something about um, their record? Like, the two-position yeah. game record. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just going towards Villanova, it's, like, crazy the fact that they've only had seven. Just saying, because their conference has had, had six teams in the NCAA tournament, and they weren't necessarily the highest seeds, but they had Xavier, who was a one, yeah. and they were a one. Creighton was an eight. Seton Hall was a nine. Um, Providence was a ten, and Butler was a ten. But I went downplay the fact that Kansas has had all those because Kansas had they had, the Big 12 had seven teams with uh, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas Tech, KSU, TCU, OU, like Oklahoma State, and yeah. then Texas. Oh, just the fact that Villanova played such a small amount of games that means he's making the tournament is extremely impressive. That's true. And it's not to be understated at all because it's not that they've played bad teams and they've been, you know, they just win by a lot against bad teams. They're playing... <laughs> these are these are real games. Like you said, it was, what, six teams in the tournament? It's, yeah, there are six teams. Yeah, it's, it's a real conference and they're playing real basketball for you. <laughs> but um yeah that's I think my pick here looking at the last two games we have I think I would pick Kansas to win it all I don't know what, what are your uh, both your unbiased and biased uh, opinions on that guys or just on, on who you think wins it all um I'd have to say Villanova, Villanova I really like that team but I mean when you look at Kansas the birthplace of basketball Canada, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Is Canada the birthplace of basketball? More to come on the birthplace of basketball. After the break. <laughs> uh, I will be doing some research on where basketball came from. Uh, Ethan, uh, to you. Um, I'm going to go with Villanova. And here's my reasoning. Villanova, well, one, they won the bracket that Purdue was in. Thank God. Yeah, right. Purdue went to the Final Four. I don't even know what was going to happen. But I just like how they've been playing. And Kansas has played all these close games, so obviously they know how to play a game that's that close. But I'm just looking at, I know personally I think Oklahoma State should have made the tournament, but if you look at the fact that uh, Kansas lost to Oklahoma State twice and one time at home, I can't remember if it was a home game or the away game, but one of them, they got completely shellacked in it. It was like a 20-point loss. Utter sh- just shellacation on that. And one-seeds don't lose by 20. There's a reason IU wasn't a one-seed. It's because they would lose by 20 to, like, Indiana State. That's why they didn't make the tournament. IPFW, uh, Ohio State, the list goes on. Michigan State. Yeah. And one-seeds just don't do that. And what I'm seeing is they have the they have the potential to play down there, and Villanova hasn't shown me they even have the potential to play that bad. So I'm just looking at which team is better when they're at their worst. Because a team's only as good as their worst player. That's like a saying, but it's also only as good as the worst they can play. Yeah. Uh, breaking news. Uh, the birthplace of college basketball is actually Springfield, Massachusetts. That's not Kansas or Canada. Uh, but... James uh, Naismith was a Canadian graduate student, so I am just really wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a question coming in uh, from at Great Sam Brero on Twitter. That's Sam Nunez, a guy from uh, Chesterton, Indiana. If any of you want to go stalk him, 
You said, did Kansas win or did Duke get ripped off? Thoughts? Uh, Duke did not get ripped off this one. <laughs> he's just saying that because he likes Duke, which makes no sense because he's out here trying to be a fair weather fan. Wait, okay, guys, what? He's a Patriots fan. He's a Eagles fan. He, oh, sorry, he's an Eagles fan. He's right. a Purdue fan. Eagles fan. Just kidding. Um, I, if I'm being honest, I didn't watch the game. I did something kind of like what Sam did. I drive to Chesterton and then back in the same day, so that was six hours. So I didn't see it, but I just don't like Duke. So this is a completely biased answer, but yeah. Sorry, Sam. Uh, yeah, Kansas won. Per- yeah. Personally, I can't stand Coach K either. I heard I got into a heated argument over the weekend about him as the best college basketball coach of all time. And you know what? Maybe he is, but I will never. Just like I'll never admit to Belichick being the best coach of all time. It's just there's guys that I dislike, and the, the, both of them happen to be one of them. Same with Grayson Allen. Yeah, why are we saying ripped off when we could be saying tripped off, right? Like, <laughs> screw that guy. <laughs> I like that. Um, also, Grayson Allen. I, I think he, I mean, what, did you guys watch that shot? That happened? Son of Kevin Malone. No, not quite. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Um, Tommy Berry. Uh, he, yeah. he comes down, it's, it's Duke's game to win. It's a tie game, and he comes down with the shot. He, the ball's in, either way, there's probably like 20-some seconds left. It, ball in Grayson Allen's hands. It's Duke's game to win at this point. And he misses a shot at the buzzer. Kansas goes on to win. I don't know. I don't think Duke got ripped off. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Is, is there, like, a specific moment he's, like, referencing to? I mean, possibly. Because I, I didn't, I didn't watch ball, the game. ball went around the rim maybe three times before it came out. So, um, like, did they, like, grease maybe, up the Maybe, maybe a better question would just be, did, did Kansas win? Yeah, Kansas greased the rim. Or, or did Duke lose? Okay. And I, I think they, I don't know, I think both happened. <laughs> they did. That is just a proven <laughs> fact. If you look at the score, you will see that. Um... We have, I have another question from him that uh, had come in that I'm going to ask you guys before we listen to our last song and get out of here, um, which is, how do you, looking at the tournament and looking at the tournament in past years, how good of a job do you think that the tournament does at producing the best team as the winner? So best team in the tournament wins the tournament, essentially. What do you mean by best team? Do you mean the team that has like the best players or the team that's the <laughs> best playing in March? Well, exactly. Because if we're talking about team that's the best players, it usually does an awful job of doing that. Yeah. And that's why I think the NCAA tournament does a terrible job of producing the best team as the winners because it's all – that's why it's March Madness is because it's all just – who gets hot and who... Yeah, you know. I think you kind of have the three-point the three point shot to blame for that, too, because I feel like there's some teams that can really just get hot behind three, and you, it's just something you can't really guard. I personally think I share uh, Bobby Knight's opinion on this, that the uh, three-pointer was created for slow white men, but uh, <laughs> that's just me, I guess. And uh, Bobby Knight. <laughs> Both of them are slow white men. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I'm sure Sam's referencing the NBA here. With their, uh, I'm not sure if you like the NBA or oh, college basketball, yeah. but just because the NBA has like the seven game series, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. you not obviously, but most of the time you will get the team that's better. That's why like you see the Warriors getting to the championship series year, even though like Steph Curry's hurt. So we'll see how that happens. I like the Rockets, but yeah, we'll talk about that next week. Um, and I just think that gives you a better chance, and it's like they base it 100 percent off record for teams that even get to go to the playoffs in the NBA. Record means nothing in college. It's like go win your conference tournament, but you could be a team that's won zero games. Like, uh, I think it might have been like Bradford 
No, Texas Southern. Sorry, Texas Southern yeah, yeah, had, yeah. had a losing record, and they made the tournament <laughs> this year. That would never happen in in like in the NBA because unless you're in the what the East. Yeah, maybe you're in the East. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like teams that shouldn't even get to the tournament get to the tournament and I love the NCAA tournament it's like my favorite sports thing to watch but if you're trying to watch like good basketball with the best players you're not going to get that you're just going to need to watch just like the ACC versus Big Ten Challenge or something like that to get or go to the WIC yeah go to the WIC <laughs> or just watch the NBA if you're looking for the best players in the world because you're not yeah. finding that in college so Sam it does a terrible job producing the best team but that's what's so great about it, is that it's one and done, anything can happen. Um, this has been Sports Talk Show, which is yet to be named. Uh, next week, maybe we'll come in with one. Maybe we'll come in with another segment. Maybe we'll come in with a name, and that'll be our, our fridge-worthy moment of the week. Um, it's been a pleasure talking tournament with you guys. Uh, next week, we're going to be covering the NBA and playoff picture. Have a, a guest analyst <laughs> coming on. Um we're going to play you out here with uh, one more song. Um, actually, we are not going to be able to play you out, but we don't have enough time for that. But thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, this has been a sports talk show yet to be named, and we will see you next week.